Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we study the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 391. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Let's read our passage. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. Paul's continuing to make this contrast between the things of the world and the things of God, that God is overturning, so to speak, the the world's systems, that he relies on what the world considers weak, what the world considers inferior, and he uses that because he doesn't need what the world values, and it's to demonstrate his own reliance on himself, not reliance on the world. So Paul says, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you. So he's looking back to when he was with them at the founding of the church, five years earlier on the second missionary journey. This is the third missionary journey, and Paul's in Ephesus writing this letter to Corinth. And so he's looking back, remember when I came to you guys, and I announced the mystery of God to you. Now this translation says mystery. Most translations say testimony, preaching the testimony of God to you. There's disagreement on that because there's some ancient Greek manuscripts that have the word that translates as testimony, and there are some that have the word that translates as mystery. And it's a very slight spelling difference between the two words, and either of them could fit. Paul referred to testimony back in chapter 1, verse 6, where he was talking about the testimony that he brought to them. And he's going to refer to the mystery of God in the next section we look at in chapter 2, verse 7. So you can make a case that either of them fits. And there are manuscripts with both of them that date back to early times. So which is it? Well, can't say. And the good news for us is it doesn't really change anything. Because he talks about when he was with them five years earlier, spending the 18 months in Corinth, yes, he was proclaiming the testimony of God. Yes, he was proclaiming the mystery of God. He was doing both those things. So he's looking back to them. He says, continuing in verse 1, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. We mentioned this back in chapter 1, verse 17. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so the cross of Christ will not be empty of its effect. So saying the same thing here, you know, I came to you, and it wasn't with this brilliance of speech or wisdom. Verse 2, I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. He mentioned Christ crucified back in chapter 1, verse 23. And that, what he means here is, it's not that I didn't know anything else, but that was the focus of my preaching. 
that was everything I preached was about Christ Jesus and him crucified. Now remember, crucified's a big deal. We, we are used to that idea. But uh, as he discussed earlier, the, the Jews, it's scandalous to be crucified. Someone is under a curse of God to be crucified. So that's not, not going to fit with us. And for the Greeks, it just doesn't make sense. Crucified criminal being the savior of the world. But Paul says, that's what I preached. Verse 3, I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Notice the contrast between the second part of verse 1 and the first 3. There's this contrast here. In verse 1, he says, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. Verse 3, I did come in weakness, fear, and trembling. So this is contrast. Didn't come all full of myself as a great orator, as a great speaker, as a clever philosopher. I came in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. Well, who's he got to be afraid of? He's Paul the Apostle. Well, this is something that I often have to remind myself of when I get a little too comfortable preaching. That it is an incredible thing to stand before people and say, Thus saith the Lord. To be claiming to proclaim the message of God. This is what God says to you. That's a big deal. And we should be trembling. We should be in fear. We should recognize our own weakness to, to stand there and dare to proclaim the word of God. It's a big deal. So, didn't come with brothers of speech or wisdom, but I did come in weakness and fear and much trembling. And this is going along with what he has been saying. God uses the lowly in the earth's eyes or in the world's eyes, not what the world considers valuable. And he goes on and makes another contrast in verse 4. He says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So, did use persuasive words of wisdom, but did demonstrate the Spirit's power. So again, this contrast. So while it wasn't with the things the world values, it was with what the world doesn't value. But it did demonstrate the power of the Spirit of God. It echoes a similar thing that he said earlier, back in chapter 1, verse 17, where he says, so the cross of Christ will not be emptied of its effect. That is, it's the content of the message, not the form of the message. So in verse 5, he says, So that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. If it's based on human wisdom, then the person with the best argument wins. Well, it's not based on the person with the best argument. It's based on the word of God. Now, through all this, it sounds like Paul is against rhetoric, that Paul is against well-put-together speech, that Paul's against intellectualism, Paul's against wisdom. No, he's not against any of those things. But what he's making the point is, is that people come to God through faith, not by the best speakers or the best arguments. They come through faith, and what they need to hear is the gospel. 
It doesn't have to be clever. It doesn't have to be catchy. It doesn't have to be uh, put together in the most clever way. It has to be faithful. The faithful message of God. There's also an issue of who looks good in all of this. If we hear a great orator, a great speaker speak, people say, wow, what a great speaker. What a great orator. But if we hear a faithful preacher preach the word of God, then people should say, what a great God. And so the the point isn't that Paul's against these things, but God does not depend on them. We don't need the best speakers to proclaim the word of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with proclaiming the word of God in a very well put together way should make every effort to proclaim the gospel in a coherent, well put together way to speak well. But God doesn't depend on that. The message is what's important, not the form of the message. And Paul's specifically making a contrast here between what the world values and what God uses. And that's a problem in the Corinthian church is they are puffing themselves up as who has the best wisdom, who is the most wise, who has the greater spiritual gifts, who is the most spiritual, who is aligned with the greater leader. People are really trying to pump themselves up and look better than one another. And that's part of the problem in the Corinthian church. So Paul's leading off this whole argument that that's not the way God works. God doesn't use the person with the greatest gifts more than somebody else. God uses the people he wants to use and he equips them to do what he wants them to do. And he depends on the faithful proclamation of the gospel versus the most clever argument. And it's not based on human wisdom. is based on the power of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians 